Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I want to talk about Alibaba and the regulatory pressure they've been facing since early 2020. Over the last two years, they've really seen a lot of pressure. I want to talk about some of the incidents over the last two years, as well as talk about why we think this regulatory pressure is probably going to ease off over the course of the next year. And a lot of it has to do just, you know, kind of break the news is has to do with recession fears and slowing down of the economy in China. So again, two parts of this video. One, we'll talk about previous regulatory uh, actions as well as we'll talk about why we think it's gonna ease off in the future and the impact of it. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing, hit that like button, now back to your content. All right, jumping into the issues. Now I got the whole list here, but let's run through them real quick. So the first thing that kind of kicked this whole thing off is in late 2020, um, Jack Ma basically said some bad things about the CCP, and that really kicked it off, and he basically disappeared after that. The Ant Group IPO was delayed in November 2020 and still delayed one year later, and that still remains the case, although in the last maybe three or four months, they said that they're possibly looking at IPOing in the future. There's the antitrust probe announced in December, ended with a $2.8 billion fine. Jack Ma re, uh, disappears after a speech in October, but still remains um, big in the news when he shows up. So again, that kind of cycle happened over the next six, seven months where Jack Ma would just show up randomly. Didn't happen a ton of times, but he did and was pretty low under the radar for a long time. Um, they, uh, Alibaba lost the ByteDance, or we believe it was the ByteDance contract for their cloud services outside of China. So that was the whole TikTok. Um, leaving them losing TikTok outside of China with some regulatory things that were heading out in the way. Um, less to do with Alibaba, but more so to do with foreign countries not liking that, um, that mixture. The VIE structure continuously printed every two or three months over the course of 2021, 20, late 2020, and through 2022, although there hasn't been much, I would say, in the last six months regarding VIE structures. Um, there was that statement by the CCP that kind of cooled that and did die it down, but remember, there is regulation inside the U.S. that if these Chinese companies that are traded under VIEs do not comply with the standards, they can be delisted. That is still there, so that leads on to delisting concerns for um, again that came up in the middle of 2021 and again that same concern has been there ever since that law went into effect a year prior so early or i think early 2020 or something like that i think they had like i can't i don't want to get into the details but point is that delisting concern is still present there's no uh, action there's all this verbal talk about it on the u.s side and same with the chinese side but there's been no actionable or no foreseeable progress in that delisting concern and that's going to remain a concern going forward. Real estate Evergrande, that caused basically everything. Um, they were worried about systemic going throughout all the Chinese companies. That was pretty self-contained and they handled it pretty well, but it did have a short-term impact on Alibaba. There was the $15.5 billion common prosperity fund payment they made in September of 2021 that also kind of drew a lot of questions of, okay, well, are we going to start seeing these reoccurring payments that's going to reduce their cash flow? A lot of different things. Like, I mean, you just can't keep doing that without significantly impacting uh, shareholder returns. There are the power concerns with not enough energy in China. Right now, they're getting a lot of their, they're basically kind of taking all the oil from, uh, buying cheap oil from Russia. So um, China's definitely benefiting from this oil war that we're having with uh, Russia. Um, but um, so that's not necessarily so much a concern there. I know that they're not using oil for that, but the, the, the natural gas is definitely being bought for that. Slowing growth in China, again, those new those things started coming up in the, the news. Weaker than expected free cash flow due to investments. 
Um, again, prior when I saw that earnings, I actually sold all of my Alibaba at the time, waited a few months until uh, leading up to until the next, and I bought some more because I knew it was just going to continue to go down until the next earnings. Um, looking at the U.S. government reviewing Alibaba Cloud as a national security risk, again, I still think there's a lot of concern there. I don't think a lot of foreign countries are going to be buying Alibaba or any, or for that matter, any uh, Chinese uh, cloud provider, um, mainly because of those security concerns. I don't really see that changing. Um, so that does limit the who they can do business with, um, because that that does limit to not just only government contracts. That does limit them to um, country, you know like large companies that have uh, a large U.S. presence or presence or European presence, it will prevent them from uh, wanting to do business with companies such as Alibaba. The interest rate's increasing. Um, um, yeah, the interest rate's increasing definitely affected them. And then the tech company valuations across the board are decreasing both for U.S. and obviously when that, that kind of rolled down into China. And then the last thing that kind of was a negative was Alibaba that had five counts of failing to comply with antitrust uh, law, um, mainly on disclosure of, of transactions they had made, and that max fine will be up to 375000 So basically a drop in the bucket for them, really not a big deal at all. But it does kind of, um, a lot of people are saying, and I'll start off with this, is a lot of people are saying that fine um, is kind of the last straw, like, you know, kind of like, oh, it's the last thing that they're going to do. It's the last thing they could hit them with. I, I could see it going both ways. I could see it that, okay, sure, that's the last thing. It's the only thing they could find back at Alibaba. But again, this was a, a multi, they were looking at several companies here, and Alibaba wasn't the worst offender, but they weren't like the, you know, it's not like they weren't without their own problems. And so while the max fine for these each, you know, each eventual count was relatively low, it may cause them to turn new stones and see new problems that they'll go after inside of these deals or see as a as an account and say, look, since there's problems here, we're going to look into this business unit a little bit more and try to find more problems. And that's honestly what I think is going to happen. But let me continue with what why folks think that regulatory pressure is probably going to start to die down. Uh, moving forward into the remainder of 2022 and, and early 2023. So why do people think that there's going to be less regulatory pressures on companies such as Alibaba in China? So the first thing is recession. Globally, there there is an, uh, you know, pretty prominent belief that there's going to be a recession here pretty quickly, or it's already it already happened. So basically what that's going to be is going to slow down consumption and people are going to start and you're going to start to see some, you know, effects over the next six, you know, over this following six months maybe a year after it's been announced, and people are gonna to start to get a little bit tighter with their pocketbooks, discretionary spending will start to go down, and you'll start to see companies like Alibaba and some people who are selling, you know, you know, fun commodities, not, I mean, that's not all they sell, right? But you'll start to see that discretionary spending go down and it'll affect companies like Alibaba who sell, you know, discretion, things that are discretionary, right? So that's the first thing. And then overall, over the last year, two, year and a half, there has been fears that you are going to see slowdown in the economy in China overall. So those two things kind of compound on each other. They're a little bit different. So why would they you know, reduce their regulatory pressure? Well, one, it wants to give the consumers a little bit of optimism as well as let Alibaba and all the other companies that they've been going after over the last two years um, a little bit of breathing room and also allow them to start some investments without really having to worry about what's happening on the regulatory side. So th the whole benefit of them 
reducing regulatory would be to hope to spur a little bit more discretionary spending ahead of a recession as well as after a recession, and then also cause these companies to make investments and keep hiring folks in the event of that there is a downturn. So those are a few things and reasons why the Chinese the Chinese government would want to continue to do that and, and make sure that those investments were there. Again, create jobs, create more spending, and just boost the economy overall. So those are some pretty broad things. Now, the, the last thing I'll leave you with is I don't think regulatory pressure is over for China. You're going to see regulatory things, maybe not coming directly from the CCP or, or not. It could be things such as what we talked about earlier with the listing. That stuff has not been resolved and it has, and there's no foreseeable, um, there, sorry, there's nothing in the works right now that would lead me to believe that there's going to be some sort of deal around how um, reports are given um, that would comply with SEC standards. So. That delisting risk is still there. Again, we do have a little bit of a runway before we have to be concerned with it, but it still is something that needs to be resolved. So you may see a headline in two, three months, maybe six months, who knows? Um, but there, these headlines, they, they keep, again, the news companies and the, they, they recycle these types of things. And so you may see them again. It will cause the stock to go down in the short term. It'll go back up. Um, until it's eventually possibly delisted for good. Again, we have to see some sort of resolution for these things to not be delisted from US stock market. Now, with all that being said, I'm still invested in Alibaba. I'm definitely excited about their future moving forward. The recession, I'll talk. I'll make another video about recession and what that looks like for Alibaba specifically. However, I still am a buyer. I still have Alibaba shares owned outright, and I'll be owning them for this foreseeable future unless we see something change from a structure. I do think there is some possible upside here in the next six months. We're looking at a possible golden cross. We got to continue to see them to stay above $100, hopefully around 120, and we should see it. Again, I'll make another video on that. That's gonna be really exciting. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Frank, Frank Finance, out.